everybody welcome to the show i see things a little differently and this week is going to be completely messed up and out of order <laughs> just gonna start with that because i was i want to add more transitions into the show aka i was trying to be a little too cute so this segment was supposed to be all aew and then I was supposed to do like news and notes, talk about Raw, and then talk about NXT and SmackDown by itself in different portions, just to switch things up. Um, it's completely out of order because I usually write my notes in order, and this week the notes were completely out of order. And I actually didn't watch Raw until after I watched uh, NXT and uh, AEW. So it just. Excuse the out of orderness. It's fine. You 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 guys will be fine. But um, anyways, let's start with the news and notes now. Then we'll get getting straight into AEW. I'm going to talk about one thing on AEW Dynamite, and then I'm talking about all full gear. So if you have not seen it yet, which by the time you hear this is going to be Monday, you should have at least heard about it by now. Um, that's kind of your fault. I'm not doing a spoiler alert. Um, be better at watching stuff on time or getting your news on time. So anyways, news and notes first, uh, Kylie Ray has officially retired from wrestling, and, and she's taking a break from social media. I do hope she's okay. I know she's a talent. I know Booker T trained her, or helped train her, uh, if not trained her fully. I know she was in, uh, in his school of reality of wrestling in, in Houston. Um, it seems to be something mental mental health-wise. Uh, uh, so, you know, just, just keep thoughts and prayers and good thoughts for her. Um, I, I, I do know a lot of people have said, asked me, Hey, why, why do you think impact hasn't said anything? And I've been doing research and it seems like they have a gag order on all their talent, all their, uh, uh, employees. Cause once they find out it was something that had to, to, to do with mental health, there is nothing you can do, but wish her the best. And, um, once they found that out, that's why they made the call to have Sue Young win the impact women's championship. Cause apparently Kylie Ray was supposed to. Um, whatever it is, I'm sure she'll deal with it. I'm sure she'll be back and better than ever. Um, I, I, I even hesitate to say retire, you know, just because I think she's going to be back when she's healthy to be back, you know. Um, that's, uh, mental health is no joke, obviously, and um, I just want to take take the time to highlight that because I think it's important that um, we just keep that in mind, especially with these days. You know, it seems the, 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 the U.S. of A. seems to be getting a little better. But, you know, there's still, still there's still some people hurting. So we need to keep that in mind. So that's my PSA for the next two years. Um, Mercedes Martinez. So she asked to be removed from Retribution, apparently. Um, and apparently all of Retribution have signed new deals. So before they signed, before she signed anything, she said, hey, I would like to be removed, which they obliged. And they apparently were going to uh, fill her spot with another woman, but they, they haven't figured out who that will be. Um, where's Chelsea Green at? Didn't Chelsea Green tweet like two weeks ago she hasn't wrestled since May 27th? I know at one point she caught COVID. Um, but I think that was like in the summertime. We are now in November. I think when she caught COVID, it was like June or September. Just September, listen to me. June or July, excuse me. Um, so I don't know what's up with her. Um, but first of all, I... I let me take that back. I don't want to put anybody else in this group because this group is just it's dead in the water. But my point is, if, if you're not doing anything with her, uh, well, I'm assuming she's getting paid. So 
you know, but I know she wants to wrestle. I know she has sad face about it. And um, I thought they really had plans for her, you know. Um, and someone said, hey, she's she's dating Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, is that thing. I was like, well, no, they were dating when she was in WWE. The same way Sean Spears, uh, Ty Dillinger, 10, 10, 10. Um, he was dating uh, Peyton Royce when they started dating when they were in WWE. How you hell, how you hell think they met? You know, so they could, I mean, they could date who the fuck they want. <laughs> no, I don't think there's anything to do with it. I just don't, I honestly don't think they have anything for, you know. Um, once the Robert Stone thing happened, I, 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 I was still confused by that, how she dumped him and then somehow he was on TV more than her. So it's something deeper than that. Um, and, and so, um, but she, she says she's healthy and ready to go. But apparently these retribution guys, and including Ali, have all signed new deals, which you have to assume this five-year deals, um... Mercedes Martinez just reminds me so much of the female Kota Ibushi. It seems like it's so hard to lock her down to anything. She's very protective. And once again, I can. she's always spoken her mind. She asked for her release from AEW as well. Like she was in that, that, that very first all out. She was in the Battle Royal. And she got eliminated. You could hear everybody boo tremendously or whatever. And it was, it was shocking like two months later when she asked to be released. Um, now seeing what the women's division is right now, AEW, uh, is she wrong? Um, I have more about that later when we talk about the AEW women's championship match. Um, I don't know, but she seems like the female Kota Ibushi where you just can't lock her down. And, um, I, I just don't know what to say to that, you know, just, that's just, that, that that's, that's, that's frustrating because she's supposed to be back on NXT, but... If they don't have anything for Chelsea Green, I don't think they can have anything for Mercedes Martinez. You know, she feuded with Rhea Ripley. She lost. The same way Raquel Gonzalez lost. Like, you could put Mercedes Martinez versus, you know, Raquel Gonzalez, you know. But, you know, I, 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 I'm assuming. They, at this point, who knows? They may just. Because, uh, once again, it's a difference in a two-hour show with NXT now. They might just wait till next year to, to do something with her, I can assume. You know, especially since NXT has no involvement in Survivor Series, which. And I, some, I know some people were really upset about that, but I, I think, I, I mean, they just had an outbreak at, you know, the PC, and why would you mingle and mix? Remember, mingling and mixing and not following the rules, these COVID rules, is what got Roman Reigns to leave the first time. You you think he has, like, five kids at home, gorgeous wife, you know, and he and he, and he has, a, a, like, I have health issues. To where if I, if I catch COVID, it could take me out. Seriously. So, like, I can't, I understand where it's coming from. I guarantee if they were to co-mingle with those, he would probably leave again as a world champion during the best time, best stories of of his career. One of the best stories, excuse me. Um, no, I just, I think that's why he did. So, you know, we were speaking of Kota Ibushi. Jay White has defeated Kota Ibushi for his G1 Climax briefcase. He just won it, what, two, three weeks ago? And Jay White is now the owner of it, which means he's the number one contender for the Intercontinental, New Japan, obviously, championship in the IWGP championship, World Weight Championship. What this means, I have no clue. When I saw this, I was freaking stunned. I said, what? And Jay White, of all people, I was really surprised. Um, I, 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 I'm sure they know where they're going with this. It might end up being like a triple threat match. Uh, I don't think she should do a triple threat match for two matches. Um, 
or he might, or what might end up happening is the current champion who is, you no know, has the Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight title, he might have to defend them against separate people on separate nights, which then might lead to the separation of those belts. Because, I mean, they've they've been double champions. What, uh, Evil had, I, th- I think, I think ever since January of this year, right? If, if I'm wrong, someone tell me. But I believe the Intercontinental and, and Heavyweight Championship in New Japan have been pretty much combined since January. Um, I have no clue where this story is going, but I, when I saw it, I, I started looking into it, and I was like, all right, you have my attention. I mean, what are you going to do with it now? I have no clue, but I'm all in. So, um, that's interesting. Um, MLW, for you MLW fans, I have to admit, the last time I watched MLW was when they did the War war Games, which was, was some years ago now. Um, I, I don't really know what's going on there. But they have announced that November, I'm looking it up. I had written down some other notes. But I believe November 18th or 17th or whatever, um, they're doing their restart. And currently the names that I saw that are set to be there are Leo Rush, who said he retired from wrestling. He's in. Uh, TJP. Marshall. Looking at my notes. My handwriting's terrible. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, that's what that's. I, I knew I saw the name. I was like, I know this name. How come? Because my handwriting is terrible. Marshall Von Erich, Hammerstone, Selena Delorente, Davy Boy Smith Jr. So far, those are the names that are set for the MLD MLB MLW. Excuse me. Um, I'm just thinking about MLB because Dodgers just won the World Championship. But MLW restart. Uh, so just so you guys know, look that up. I mean, they've already said the date. I that date's wrong. I said. Um, I had like my notes have been. All over the place this week. Next week, I will be more prepared. Uh, it's just been... It's been one of those weeks. Let's just say that. It's been one of those weeks. This I want to say... before. Then we'll get into AEW. Um, because I just think it's hilarious. So, WWE had an issue this week. Where a picture of their banned people... Or, or things showed up that can't be on the Thunderdome screen, right? Listen to these names. Some of them are surprises, but listen to these names. AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Enzo Amore, that is hilarious, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Marty Scroll, The Young Bucks, Chris Benoit, CM Punk, Jim Cornette. When I saw Jim Cornette, I couldn't stop. I was literally laughing my ass off. Like, I was like, Jim Cornette? Like, it was just, it's just so random. Alberto El Patron, that's not random at all. Ryback, that's not random either. Ashley Mazzaro, superstar, Billy Graham, Vicky Guerrero, maybe she really is banned. She said once she started working with AEW, or once she made the appearance, like, WWE won't deal with her anymore, which is uh, interesting. Flag of Hong Kong, Chinese flag of the PRC, flag of Tibet, that is hilarious. Because when I first saw this, right, I immediately said to myself, I was like, all right, they, they, they had the picture up, but the picture were, was blurred. So I was kind of like, all right, I can't see everything. God bless whoever had the high-def camera to see everything. But the reason why I find this even more hilarious is once the Young Bucks saw this, the Young Bucks are the ultimate trolls in the in the wrestling business. They are the ultimate, ultimate troll. Well, while Jim Cornette is like the old man, hey, kids, get off my lawn. 
the Young Bucks are very much the trolls of professional wrestling. They put images on T-shirts and said, and it had the, the the band picture of them up, and, it, and they're selling them as merchandise. Why not? I just think that's freaking hilarious that they would do that. Um, but some last few news and notes. Um, WWE did drop the trademark for Cody Rhodes, so Cody Rhodes does have his name. But Cody Rhodes, in return, this was this was a, like even more quiet. I don't I don't know if, how many people noticed it, but Cody Rhodes dropped some some trademarks himself. So I think he probably cut a deal with them. You give him give me my name back, and you can have the trademarks of Slambury and um, Invisible Line. Um, and, and the Invisible Line line is about. You know how in WWE have you noticed when the baby faces and the faces uh, or the heels are like arguing and ones in the ring and ones on stage? There's apparently an unwritten rule in WWE, Vince McMahon's rule, where you're supposed to stay in your spot. You never leave there, no matter how unrealistic that is. You know you stay in your position until it's t- until it's time for you to air quotes fight. I'm doing air quotes. So you guys can't see that, but um, I think that's how we got Cody Rhodes back, which. Obviously, it's way more important than getting all these WCW trademarks. Like, we all know Cody's trying to get everything his father had, right? But once again, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Not because I think Vince McMahon wants to keep anything. Um, I could see him being petty like that because we all know they are petty in WWE. But Triple H is such a historian, and Triple H loves WCW. He does. He's the one who brought back War Games. Like, originally, if it was up to Triple H, he would have brought back War Games. At the 2002 Survivor Series. But Vince McMahon overruled him. Because Vince McMahon did not like, not like the concept. So that's how the Elimination Chamber got created. And so that's how we ended up getting the Elimination Chamber. Which to me was a great creation. It's still, it can, it's still a good match. And, and, and the fact that... I'm, there's no wood in here. Made my head. But I, I still love the fact that they, they only have it once a year. If they have it once a year. We haven't seen it this year at all. Now a big part of that is because of COVID. But I don't remember the last time we had an Elimination Chamber match. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't... I, no, last time we had one was... Wasn't it when Daniel Bryan won and it was uh, during Kofi Mania? Wasn't it like right before WrestleMania 35? I think that's the last time we had an Elimination, Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, well, that's almost two years ago now. You know, I, I like that they feel... They, to me, they still feel special. You know, even if... No, I'm, no, I'm completely wrong, right? I'm completely wrong. We had one this year because Shayna Baszler dominated in it, even though we didn't need to have one. Yeah, so they, we had one this year, but and and the women's was trash. Uh, see, I blocked out my memory. See how I do? Um, damn, I wish I wouldn't remember. Damn it. Um, anyways, um, so, but they still feel special to me. Like this year's, like the women's was trash because we it wasn't even needed because we knew Shayna Baszler was gonna win. She was dominant. First of all, Shayna Baszler should have won the Royal Rumble, but they used the Royal Rumble for a way to get Charlotte Flair to say, hey, I'm challenging the NXT champion. Um, and that way they can say, hey, they can challenge whatever champion they want to challenge, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyways, um, so I'm assuming it was kind of a, a trade. Because we all know Cody's been, he's been, he's, he's always in contact with Triple H. Like Triple H called Cody to tell Cody, hey, I'm, I'm using War Games, just so you know. I'm bringing War Games back. And this is what I'm doing with it. I don't think he was asking for permission. I think... No, he has to have that. D- Dusty was a huge part of NXT. A huge part of FCW. Huge, huge, huge. A lot of those 
Ask any of those guys. Bailey, Page, Roman. Even though Roman only had like three matches and he was sent to the main roster with the Shield. Uh, Seth Rollins, Dean, uh, John Moxley. Um, I, I, they all say how crucial and how important Dusty Rhodes was. Um, so obviously, I think Chulich has that respect for Cody. Cody I, I, I'm pretty sure Cody's... Most likely, everyone who's going to have issues with the company right now, it's going to be with Vince McMahon. And I don't... And here's the thing that's actually currently... Something that I I would love to talk about more in detail later because I have to answer, I'm going to answer one question then we're going to get we're going to get into AEW but like to me that's something that should be explored more because even if Triple H doesn't take over the company I still think him and Stephanie are unless it's sold but who, once Triple H is in that position who then cleans up the mess for Triple H and Stephanie because obviously Triple H and Stephanie still have you know heat with a bunch of people right however Triple H now that he's in a position of power and can bring people in, I think he's probably learned, even though he's always been a master salesman, I think he's learned the art of, hey, I, I might need to eat some crow to bring this person in because it's just good for business, like what he did with Ultimate War. I don't believe for one second he felt it was an honor to wrestle Ultimate Warrior in a five-second match where the guy does his finish by the way, it's WrestleMania 12. I'll never forget this. I was a huge Triple H fan. I've always hated the Warrior. I'm sitting there watching WrestleMania 12, I think it was like one of the, it was one of the, it wasn't the first pay-per-view that I saw like live, but it was one of the first, right? And I remember seeing Triple, I was like, oh, I was a huge Triple H fan, I love the attitude, whatever. And he comes in, kicks some pedigrees and just gets up and just, just completely destroys him. And, and Triple H said, and I know, and once again, he's, it's political, it's political, it's all BS, you know? Um, so once again, he's put together, put, put away some stuff, like he, he even brought back Goldberg and him and Goldberg hated each other. You know what I'm saying? Goldberg still hates Scott Hall. <laughs> you know, Scott Hall hates him too. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I do wonder. Yeah, I might do a whole show on that. Just do a side separate show where I analyze that and just do some notes and do some research. I may do that. You know, right now I have some more time than usual. You know, work is work is slow, but work is work. But I mean, it's like, I, I, I think about these things and I don't, and I, and I watch a lot of documentaries, not just wrestling documentaries. I watch a ton of documentaries on crime and whatever and I, and I just haven't seen anything in wrestling documentaries like that like who cleans up the mess once triple h takes over or even if let's say if disney owns wwe but they put triple h as their face because Vince man is technically the face of the company right and they put triple h as the face like who cleans up his mess who because him and stephanie are are together they're one so you hate one you hate the other that's another reason why i don't think i'll see ever see cm punk back because that's where the heat is. It isn't with Vince. He, he, we all know Vince is crazy and Vince doesn't have to have the same uh, cojones as far as the, the, the creative cojones anymore. But he, he doesn't like Triple H. And hell, CM Punk, as I record this, is on Saturday night, hours before Joe Biden was uh, elected the president. <laughs> Linda McMahon t- tweets out, hey, this, is, this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. CM Punk retweets her isn't that how it works it's a retweet or, or retweets her whatever the blue I, I, I don't tweet but he tweets her with a picture of him from money in a bank and where he kisses Vincent man before he get, goes into the crowd but he photoshopped a picture of joe biden doing it to to, to trump oh my god he's never getting back in w I, I, like he deserves a hall of fame nod obviously and without, no matter what anyone says people need to remember even though de- people 
think WWE is the only Hall of Fame. That's not the. That's not even a legit Hall of Fame yet. When I say that legit, I mean like. I've never heard of people turning down the Hall of Fame because the contract you have to sign has you off the road for three three months. That, that's 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 a moneymaker. We we know it. There's still a pro wrestling Hall of Fame that people get in all the time. Macho Man Randy Savage got into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame before the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, once again, I'm sure it's a huge payday. I believe it's reported that Bruno San Martino got a million dollars to go into the Hall of Fame. Now, he wanted to go in because Triple H had been talking to him. Apparently, Triple H had been talking to him for years. Uh, apparently, he said, hey, just watch the product. We've changed, blah, blah, blah. And, and Triple H politicking him. And, but they paid him a million dollars to go into the Hall of Fame. You know, to me, that's not a legit Hall of Fame. I've never heard people, like, you don't hear people in the baseball, if Barry Bonds gets accepted to the Hall of Fame, he's not going to say, well, you know, i, I got to do this thing, and, and, and no, nah, they're going to take the Hall of Fame not. It's an honor. The fact that Honky Talk Man turned it down as much as he did, other people have turned it down. There's a reason, you know? So at the end of the day, we, we have to stop, we have to get out of this mindset that, like, there's only one Hall of Fame. There is a pro wrestling Hall of Fame, and matter of fact, if, if, if I remember, um... I could write down a, the, the, the the time, the history, uh, and all this other stuff. I'm sure nothing happened this year because of COVID. But, I mean, um, I'm pretty sure next year things will be back up and running. Like, not normal, but as normal as they can be. And, uh, and I could give you guys some names of who's in there. I, I know Demolition's in there already. You know what I'm saying? So, it's not just the, it's not the whole, only Hall of Fame. There's other people that recognize it. And so, um, I, I, uh, that's why I was in my room. Jeez, that's pretty loud. Um, anyways, so, yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to remember that, and I don't even know how I got on that tangent, but, um, anyways, before we get to AEW, and I keep saying that I know, but this is the last thing I promise, so someone hit me up on Instagram, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at NeverSilverSpoonFed, I'll follow you back or whatever, right, someone hit me up in the DMs, they know I'm a collector, like, hey, are, are you ever going to do a, a show on collecting, and I would love to, and I've asked a couple of collectors to come on, the problem is, the two collectors I've asked so far, and it was literally just two, um, they both only speak Spanish, so, and I don't speak Espanol, and I, I'm assuming most of my listeners aren't listening, you know, you know, this, they're not, they're not all Spanish, they, they speak both, you know, they're bilingual, um, so that's the issue I've had, I'm having, if you know people that collect, and they're real collectors, and not just investors, like, they actually collect for their own stuff, um, I'm I'm one of willing to have people. I would love to talk about what their collection is, how they got into it. I would love to talk more about that, you know. And he did ask me an interesting question. He said, and his name is Darmeth, D A R M E T H underscore ninety four. Um, he asked me. He said, Hey, um, I know you're a collector. Who do you think is going to be in AEW Wave Three of the Unrivaled series? So as you guys, if you don't know, AEW has action figures out now. They were off the shelves EFing immediately. And I live in Colorado. And Colorado is already kind of a weird place to be a collector. It's a, no, I'll say it's a terrible place to be a fucking collector. Because they don't get things until last. But like, it, like what happens is, here's what happens. So you'll get the overflood. Uh, overflood, that's not even a thing. The over, You'll get flooded with WWE and Marvel Legends. And how... Target, not not Target, but how Walmart gets rid of their WWE figures because there's so many of them. And actually, I used to only collect WWE figures for a long time. Then I got into collecting the comic book stuff. But 
the reason why I stopped collecting WWE figures is because they began to just flood the market with the same things, you know, say with the same characters and stuff like that. Now, when they did their classic superstars, um, that's when they started getting into more of the Bobby Heenan's and the Gorilla Monsoons. Now, unfortunately, at that time, I didn't have the funds that I have now to purchase these. Like, I was actually, it's funny, like a month ago, maybe two, no, it was like two months ago now, for November, whatever, like two months ago. I was at someone's house and I was helping her clean out her house because she was moving and she had all she had all this stuff. So as I'm walking, I see the, the wrestling stuff. She had three, no, she had four different figures that were all classic WWE figures from Jack's Pacific era. Uh, Jack's Pacific era. And so um, I looked at them. One was the Ultimate Warrior, not a fan, uh, but I, I do know it was worth some money, like 50, 60 bucks, you know. Um, one was Superfly Jimmy Snuka. I was like, that's cool, you know, but I, I knew I already had Snoop Superfly, and one was the British Bulldog, uh, and, and I was like, well, that's, that's, I said, these are, these are worth something, but then I saw a fourth, and I told her immediately, once I saw it, I said, oh, I'm taking that, I'll buy that from you immediately, you know what I'm saying, because she was selling all of her stuff, she ended up giving it to me, which was pretty cool, it was an old school Gorilla Monsoon with the headset, I've never owned a Gorilla Monsoon, it's currently on my wall, um, I'm super excited, because I just got my first Bobby the Brain Heenan, I knew they came out with Bobby Brain Heenan before, but like, I said I couldn't afford it at the time, but now I, I have one. So having those two in my collection is pretty cool. But no, um, in Wave 1, first of all, it was late shipping. I don't know what happened, but it was already late shipping all over. And anyone who knows, if you're a collector, you know this. If you don't, you won't know this. But here's, a, here's how it works. So a collector with collections, the East Coast gets it first. And I used to live in the East Coast, so I know it because they, they just flood the East Coast. So you never have an issue actually getting it. No matter how much they go off the shelves, they're restocking the East Coast. Then it goes to the south. Then it goes to the west coast. And then right in the middle where I am, that's when we get it. But we get it last. And when we get it, it's never a lot. Because there are a lot of peg warmers. And peg warmers are like characters that just stay on the shelf all the time. That's why you see if you go to stores now, like walk into your local Target or local Walmart. I guarantee you, you'll see, guarantee you, you'll see a WWE Elite or regular AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, or let me think of another one. Hmm. I think those are the main two they push right now. Like before, it's before it used to be The Rock and Steve Austin. Those were the two they pushed all the time to the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't need it. Like I was, like, I don't need another. I don't want another. I don't. I'm not that type of collector that collects like the same thing over and over. Now if it's a huge difference, and yeah, like if it's a like, if it's a Captain America with a broken shield, sure. But if it's, like, ten different Captain Americas that look the same, why? You know, but I, I'm trying to think of another one that I see all the time. I know for sure it's so many AJ Styles on the shelf. There's so, But that's because there's, like, a, it's like there's one of AJ Styles and Roman Reigns in, like, each wave or each other wave. So, like, what WWE does is flood the market. Now, I don't know about other ones in the country. I know in Atlanta wasn't doing it in the, in the Gwinnett area where I was. But, like, here, the Walmarts here, how they get rid of their WWE figures are, like, the elites are usually, like, 20 bucks. Well, what they're doing is they're lowering, lowering the elites to, like, 15 bucks. Now people are like, oh, if you're, if you're on the fence about getting that, I don't know, that Io Shirai, you know, I'm thinking about her because I just got her. But if you're on the fence about her, now you're like, well, it's $5 cheaper. I better grab it now or so I'm going to regret it later when I do want her and I got to pay $20, $22 for her. So you grab her. So that's how you get out. That's how they, that's how they, that's how that all works, right? 
Um, but like the AEW figures were already like shipping all over. Wave one was. And I remember seeing Wave 1 and Wave 2 in uh, at C2E2. I was invited there. So uh, I, might, I actually do a show telling what I did there. I think I talk about that event a lot. But um, anyways, um, what ended up happening was it was really cool too. Because you saw the ring and you couldn't touch it. You couldn't take the, they didn't, they couldn't touch it. You couldn't touch it. And they specifically said, please, no pictures. Right? Because Wave 2 had not been announced yet. They didn't announce Wave 2 until like June. But Wave 1 was already announced. They already did, like, many videos for it. So Wave 1 had Chris Jericho. It's six, just so you guys know, it's six characters a wave. Um, so the first wave was Chris Jericho, Cody, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and who was the last one? And Brandy Rose. And so anyways, um, they were already, like, shipping out. And then once they got here, they were off the shelves so fast like i would I, I, I this is the first time i've done toy hunts in years and when i mean i was up at these places at seven o'clock once they opened they were already gone like they were attacking people that night and then i, I come to find out that walmart employees which is not surprising walmart employees um they have deals to where like they'll use their discount buy a whole two, three waves, which is usually probably all the waves we're going to get here in Colorado anyway, and then they sell them for high. And I don't I don't support eBay. And when I say that, I mean, I don't support people who are just jacking the prices up for no reason. So, like, if you're on eBay and you have something, like, really classic and you're just trying to get rid of your stuff because it makes no sense, I have no problem with that, right? And, and, and that's why I find it hard for me to call someone an investor when you're just literally buying something for 20 bucks just to jack it up to 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 bucks. I won't support people like that. I just won't do it. That's that's just uh, not how I how I do it. Well, anyways, I, um, I I went to this one Walmart. I was looking for it. And I saw the whole wave, but Brandy Rhodes. I don't think anyone. I've I've talked to some some collectors here in Colorado. I don't think any any Walmart's here in Colorado that's in the Denver metro area. I can't speak about Colorado Springs. That's in or or, uh, or Fort Collins. Those places are an hour away from me. Um, but I don't think anywhere in the Denver metropolitan area, we got actual full waves. I think we got everything but Brandy Rhodes here. Cause I remember one dude told me he, when he drove to Colorado Springs, that's when he saw his one and only Brandy. And the only reason he, he didn't even think about it at the time cause he wasn't going to pick her up. But that's the only thing he saw on the shelf was like three Brandy. So he said, let me just get this. Cause it's, it's the first one and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And Jonathan Exeter, he actually asked me, he says, do you want a Brandy? Or because it's like just the first, or do you do you actually want Brandy? Like, yeah, Brandy didn't have an action figure in WWE. If she did, I, I I didn't see it, but I don't think she ever had an action figure. Why? But why would they make an action figure of her? She was a fucking announcer. It's like making an action figure of Justin Roberts, or or, or Tony Schimmel. Like you just wouldn't you just wouldn't do it. You can make a the the, the announcers are different. The announcers are, well, they they wrestle in their part stories. You know whatever. Um, more so than them. Um, so that's the first wave. So I did end up picking up the first wave. And actually, it's funny because I thought the only one I was going to have was Brandy. And when I first saw my first one, it was just Kenny Omega. That's the first one I saw. And then I saw the rest of them at another store. And I have and every time I see Brandy Rhodes on eBay or anywhere else, it's 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 a ridiculous price. I ain't paying. So I'll never get her. Uh, and, but apparently these things are like very limited. They're not just going to keep flooding the market like WWE does. Like, so when they're out there, they're going to do like four or five, June, June, June. We send them out 
and then they're moving on to the next wave. And then I, I guess by the time they get to like wave eight, nine, or ten, they'll start redoing certain characters with different outfits because that's what they'll have to update the characters, obviously. Um, and so a lot of times when people see that, they're like, "Well, it's different outfits." It's not really like there's like you have Roman Reigns Elite seventy six, and then they just came out with another wave of Roman Reigns and Elite, I think eighty. The only difference is, is one head sculpt that you can take off has him with a ponytail. Otherwise, it's the same exact thing. He's the same exact Universal Championship. Same exact. It's everything's the same, except for that head sculpt. Uh, as I no, I don't need two of that. That makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Um, in Wave Two, like I said, C two E two, like that's why you want no pictures taken because there was a ring set up. So you have Wave One all around. Then you had Wave Two, which is not out yet. I don't know when it's coming out. It's to be, it's, it's, actually, they said it's supposed to be out in October this year, but no announcement. But anyways, Wave Two was MJF or is eight MJF, uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, the Lucha Brothers, M uh, not MJF, a Hangman and Page, and who's the six? Hangman MJF. Dustin, hmm, I'm drawing a blank right now, and I know I shouldn't, because number six, I, I know number six is who, someone I want, I know number six is someone I want, so it's MJF, Lucha Bros, Hangman, Dustin, and I can't think of the six, and I know the six is like, matter of fact, let's look it up, while I have, while I have you guys here, you guys are just here talking shit anyway, right, uh, let's see, let's see, AEW, Action figures. <sighs> Series two is John Moxley. I knew I should know. I knew I should know that. Well, anyways, um, so yeah, so uh, that's another strong wave. You know, I I might get that entire wave too. Wave three. Just to answer your question, I'm gonna get. I'm going to pre-order Wave 3 whenever it comes out. But who I think is going to be in Wave 3. This was tough, right? So I thought about this. I thought about this like for the last couple hours. Often when I was, as, as, as I was watching the show. To me, since there's no female in Wave 2, I think they're going to do two females in Wave 3. One is Britt Baker. For sure. I'm for sure on her. And the other one is between Sheeta and Nyla Rose. And I was thinking what made what may do... Nyla Rose better is her situation or which not her situation that sounds so terrible oh wow but she's transgender as everyone knows so I would think they would do that um because that because once again that 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 figure that would go off the shelves fucking fast that because especially if these things are actually limited runs that that sells that, that's gonna sell more than Sheeta I just let's Let's just be honest. It's about money. You know, these collectors, I'm a collector. It's about having something special. I want a Sheeta, but I think that they're going to do two women. And if I had to choose between those two, even though Sheeta is the current AEW World's Champion, Women's Champion, I think they would go Nala Rose. But Britt Baker, I'm for sure on, right? So that's two. Nala Rose and Britt Baker. I also think Sammy Guevara is going to be in there. I think uh, Darby Allen's going to be in there. I think those two are just a lock to be in there. And it seemed like they have a trend going on. The first two waves have a tag team in it, right? So Lucha Brothers in wave two, and wave one was the Young Bucks, right? So this was another tough one. Their tag team division is all over the place. So I don't think it's going to be Private Party. Obviously not. Um, it's not going to be FTR, you know. I, I think you have to go with, you know, Pride and glory, you know, um, I, I'm not sure about them, you know, half this wave I'm not sure about, 
you know, because um, I just I, it seems like that's what they're gonna do is like, and since you don't have a woman in the second, I think you're gonna do two women. So I think Pride and Glory are gonna get it, you know. Um, uh, I just can't think of any other tag team. You could do the Best Friends maybe, but I just think to me. If you put the best friends out there, which I think they'll probably come in like wave four or something, then people are going to want Orange Cassidy with them. And, and Orange Cassidy's way too freaking popular to not put an action figure. And so that's why I was really like stuck. But to me, I just had to go with, I just had to go with Pride and Glory. So I think you're, they're going to have Orange Cassidy and the best friends in the same wave. So that's why I think they're going to be saved for like wave four or something, which will probably be around this time next year. And I think that, and that's half your way for next year too, you know, but I definitely think they're going to, they're going to get their due. But since they already have this theme of tag teams, I think that's where they're going to go. Um, and then wave four can also have someone like Jake Hager who, and here's the thing, Jake Hager's not going to sell a lot in my opinion. I don't think he's, he's not very popular, you know? Um, but the reason why John Moxley will, will, will sell is because people want a Moxley, not Dean Ambrose, not a lunatic fringe. And plus, Dean Ambrose comes with the AEW World Championship. Now, they do have another figure, a Chris Jericho figure called with a, uh, the little bit of bubbly figure that comes with the AEW World title. But uh, that John Moxley looks pretty badass. They're, they're, their figures are really good. Their articulation is really good. Uh, but anyways, to me, that answers your question. Wave 3, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really confident about half of them. The other half, I'm really not. But and my guesses are Nyla Rose... Britt Baker, Pride and Glory, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. Now, let's officially get to AEW Full Gear that happened, as I record this, this happened, went off the air like maybe an hour ago, hour or two ago, but um, I did write down some notes. I'm not going to go into a blow-by-blow of everything. I'm just going to give you my thoughts on the match, and then we're going to move on from there. All right, let's go. So, uh, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy in the Elite Deletion match, which was filmed at the Hardy Compound. Uh, Matt Hardy won after a chair shot. Um, this was all kinds of crazy. They brought back uh, Gregory Helms, but he was in the uh, Hurricane outfit. Obviously, they can't use Hurricane. as trademarked. Uh, he was trying to help Matt Hardy out. Uh, Gangrel then beat up uh, Helms, and he was trying to help out Sammy Guevara. Gangrel of all people. How random is that? Um, then Pride and Glory, speaking of Pride and Glory, they show up. They try to stop the party. They beat up Matt Hardy for a little bit. And then um, Private Party, speaking of Private Party, they show up to kind of counteract everything. And and after Hardy wins, he tells Private Party to throw away the trash. They throw uh, uh, Sammy Guevara in this, this trash can and... Uh, Senior Benjamin drives off as Re, uh, Rebby plays uh, the piano slowly to Sammy Guevara's uh, demise. Um, look here, this was fun, always over the top. Um, but I'm not gonna lie to you, I I, I don't want to see another freaking um cinematic match or anything near it until when's the next presidential election? <laughs> Whatever that is, is I, I'm over these. I, I like them, but I don't like them this much. As a matter of fact, I'm actually working on a top 10 best of the year, top 10 worst of the year, which will be two separate shows. Oh, they will be on two separate shows, but they're going to be on the show. Um, it, yeah. Like I said, this was fun. This was fun. 
But I'm, I, I think we need to move past it because I think we've, I think we've worn it out, unfortunately. But uh, I was surprised Guevara didn't get the win. Once again, it is at the Hardy Compound, so you are in his world, air quotes. I'm doing air quotes, you guys can't see that. Um, so it makes sense. But Guevara needs to start winning. Guevara's really good. And Guevara's already been a bump machine all year long. Um, I think it's time for him to pick up a couple wins. And look here. After what happened to the TNT title match, I would put him in there. But I think that number one contendership already has a claim on it. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the buy-in show had Sarah Deeb defending the NWA Women's Championship against Allison Kay. Uh, Sarah Deeb won by submission. After the match, Thunder Rosa makes an appearance and she confronts her. She says she wants her NWA championship back. And so it looks like we're going to have a rematch between those two. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I do, I don't think Thunder Rosa is going to win it back yet. I think she's like fighting, doing some, I think she's like two or three more fights on her MMA contract. So I think she's like currently preparing to just to knock those out. Um, so I think Sarah Deeb's going to hold on for a little bit longer, but this was, this wasn't, this wasn't bad. Uh, this was fun opener. Uh, as far as, like, buying stuff. The real opener was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. They start with a bang. And I guess my prediction was right. Looks like Kenny Omega is heading to Revolution to get his shot at the... His first ever shot, I think, right? At the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. This was a fun match. This is a good match. I don't know what you do with Adam Page from here. Um, as far as, like, what his feud-wise. I think you can continually tell the story of this him feeling dejected, how he can't win the big one, blah, 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 and I think you, I don't, you, you, you can build him up, you know, I just can't think of a feud right now for him, I think he could kind of, with a character like this, he doesn't need to be on Dynamite every week, you, you kind of do skits with him, and I don't mean skits like corny skits, I mean like him kind of just like walking around with a beer in his hand, like he does usually, but like, kind of just, you get him just like walking through scenes, you know what I'm saying, like and he wrestles every now and then, but really you don't need him on there. You know, once again, you, you, you can have him in deep thought and just kind of try to figure out his own next move. So, we know Omega's path, and obviously, well, they they didn't announce the match at Revolution. I'm assuming it's going to be built up to Revolution, because uh, I'm assuming you're going to have Omega, who is obviously one of the heads of the company, and obviously the, the person that people are clamoring for. He's been very selfless, so selfless. Now he's winning that world championship. I would have to assume that they're going to want that on a, on a huge stage and they're going to want you to pay to see it. So that's my next that's my next guess as far as I'm concerned. Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. John Silver, I mean, Orange Cassidy won the match, which he should have. Uh, but Silver from the Dark Order, he, he there's something about him. He's not your normal Dark Order guy. Like I saw him on a, a show. I, haven't, I didn't watch the show, but I saw he is actually on A Shot of Brandy, which is a Brandy Rhodes YouTube show. Um... He's, he's a funny guy. I think there's a lot more for him. I don't know what else for him, but I, I know there's more for him than the Dark Order. He's, 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 he's pretty entertaining. Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. To me, this was the weakest match in the card, but it wasn't a bad match. I like the story they told. Um, I, I especially like the story they told after. Sheeta retains her, her AEW Women's Championship, so she's on to the next challenger. Nyla Rose is done. Well, at the end of the match, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero are arguing, and like they're arguing back and forth, and Vicky's like, I trained you, I put all this work into you, and Nyla, and Nyla Rose is like yelling back, and finally Vicky slaps her, and like Nyla just like turns her head and looks at her, puts her head down, like shakes in, like, in compliance. I was like, oh, all right. Wonder where this is, I wonder where this is going. You know, you know, I don't, I don't, and honestly, 
the only person I could think of that's going to take that championship off Sheeta, and I have to, and I, I, and I would have to assume it's going to be Britt Baker. I would have to assume it's Britt. I don't see Swole taking it off her. Swole could take it off take it off Britt, but I think Britt's getting that championship next, personally. Um, the Young Bucks versus FTR. The Young Bucks get their first ever AEW World Championship. That 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 stipulation was not needed. It telegraphed the match. Um, I I don't know if they're going to be in for long title runs because I definitely think FTR is getting those belts back. But what a freaking match, dude! It was worth it. Four years in the making, it was worth it. These guys pulled out everything. I love the psychology at the end, but I did love also how they hit a a, a freaking they hit a, a 3D, then they did a twist of fate into a uh, swan tom bomb, uh, paying homage to two, two, two great tag teams. But the very end was a great story. Uh, Dax Harwood, I believe, uh, remember, their, remember their saying, FTR saying from WWE, no flips, just fists. And he and he was thinking, he's on the outside, he's like, he has his hand on the ropes, he's thinking about it. He's like, what should I do next? So he's about to go in, he's about to just beat him, right? Well, all of a sudden, he goes for a freaking flip. He goes for the flip. So he goes off. He goes away from his instinct. And it costs him and his and his tag team partner their tag team championships for a short, short run to, to their, their nemesis. You know, um, I love the story that was told there. This is a great match. Um, I want to see the, I want to see another one. But to me, the story I was told was perfect. That especially the, the end was just perfect in every way, in my opinion. All right, Darby Rhodes versus Cody. Darby Rhodes. Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes. Um, this is what I thought was going to happen. Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen is your new TNT heavyweight champion. Um, this was a crazy match as well. I enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed the the respect at the end where uh, Cody hands him, gets on his one knee and hands him. He says, "Hey, it's yours. You deserve it." It hands him the TNT Championship. A uh, bunch of emotions coming out of Darby. He was crying. He couldn't believe it. This is a the biggest moment of his career, and I, I love that he did it. I, I, I've been saying it for a while. I didn't think Cody was going heel tonight, but Cody, he's going heel. We know this. Like let's not be stupid now. Um. Anyways, um. After the match though, uh, Taz comes out cuts a promo. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage come out and attack both Cody and. Um, Darby Allen, so no real time to celebrate. They're thinking about killing Darby Allen and throwing him through like a a, a set that it reminds me of a, of a bat signal, but it's not as cool. Um, but, but they're throwing through it, and all of a sudden Will Hobbs comes out of nowhere and runs him off. Um, neither one of these guys are getting the TNT Championship because you could see a little tension when like uh, Brian Cage, I think it was Brian Cage who picked it up, and Ricky starts grabs it from the other end, and they're like tugging for it. Finally, Taz grabs it and says, "Go get him." You know, but what a match this was. Uh, these guys are crazy. Cody Rhodes did an avalanche freaking crossroads. What that means is he did it from the top rope. So they're both nuts. Um, I did love the story of this too. Uh, Cody was showing off because he had beaten Darby so many times. And Arnaz was like, what are you doing? No, beat him. You know, I, I love the story. Too cocky and he lost, you know. MJF versus Chris Jericho. MJF wins. He gets into the inner circle. MJF and Warlow, according to Chris Jericho, are now in the inner circle. Um, this ends with a pretty, pretty, pretty roll, pretty, pretty undramatic roll-up. Um, first of all, uh, there's a baseball bat in MJF's hand. He's pretending like he's going to hit him with it. He then throws it to Jericho. He does the A Guerrero. 
So all of a sudden, all Ref Aubrey is looking at Jericho. He's like, no, it wasn't mine, it wasn't mine. She grabs the bat from him. Once she does that, MJF rolls Chris Jericho up, holds the tights. One, two, three. We do now have new members of the inner circle. Um, I, everybody's been saying, I've been saying I don't know where this is going. <clears throat> then I said last week that Brian Alvarez threw this idea. It seems like everyone has this idea now that MJF is going to take over the inner circle and Jericho's going to be kicked out. Um... That's fine, I guess. I don't think MJF needs a stable. Um, but we'll see. Um, finally, your main event was John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. This match was ugly. This match was brutal. This match was everything that it was supposed to be. And like I said, the one thing from Dynamite I want to talk about, that promo from both of them, because they couldn't touch each other, or else the match was off. That promo they cut on each other, they brought up Eddie Kingston's mom and how he made a promise to his mom. And he was saying, and Eddie Kingston was saying how he had to sell out. He had to become everything he didn't want to be to become the number one contender and get the World Heavyweights Championship. Like, so emotional. At the same time, it's so badass, dude. Like, I, you, you guys need to watch that seven-minute, eight-minute clip. It was powerful, man. This match was powerful, too. It ends in a brutal fashion. Um, John Moxley puts... Um, Eddie Kingston in the the in the bulldog like a submission that he's been using like around his neck, so it's like a that's a bulldog headlock you know whatever, and he's choking him out. He's telling Eddie to quit. Eddie won't quit. Eddie's like saying Eddie flips him off. So when he takes barbed wire, and by the way they use rubbing alcohol in this match too. You guys just need to watch this shit. But he puts barbed wire around his hand, around his arm, and just 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 around his arm as well, just to put it around. Kingston's neck, then he cranks back on that bulldog arm 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 hold or whatever, and all of a sudden he's like, "Quit, Eddie! It's over, Eddie!" Eddie Eddie Kingston finally quits. My God, that was brutal. Um, then after and afterwards, Kenny Omega comes out and puts like the proverbial line in the sand and says, "I'm coming for your championship." And uh, on to the next thing. But um, boy, oh boy, what a match! What what a moment for Eddie Kingston. Um, I don't know. Where, I'm assuming they're going with where they're going with him now is because for some reason, Lucha Brothers are fighting each other next week. And after that Pac uh, promo or vignette, whatever it was, I'm assuming we're heading to a Pac or Pac, however you want to say it, Eddie Kingston match. I'm assuming that's what we're doing. Um, so they both have directions they're going to go. I'm looking forward to it. This was a good. This was a good night. Um, like I said, the weakest thing was Sheeta versus uh, Nala Rose, but um, Earth, Earth, it wasn't bad to me. This was an A show for sure. So, anyways, that is the AEW full gear review. The notes on it, all that good stuff. Um, the rest of the show is still to come. As I said, this is out of order, so it's a little messed up, but whatever. Anyways, y'all have a good night, and I will see you at the end of this DJ scratch. All right, let's get some let's get some WWE. We've gotten AEW out the way. Let's get to some raw notes. Uh, let's get the trash out the way first. Um, Elias and Jeff Hardy had a guitar on a pole match. Um, Jeff Hardy, I think you won. I don't know. I didn't. I honestly didn't care. The only reason I wrote this down is just to tell you how much I didn't care and how much I thought this was stupid. I think this whole feud is stupid though, and. Once again, I it's been a while since 
I've done a show, obviously, right? Now we're like, what, 13, 14 episodes in. And I forgot how much of a slog Raw is to get through sometimes. But that's why I found myself like kind of like watching the entire thing the last couple of weeks. I was like, this is just this this just is, isn't enjoyable. And that's why this match happened, because it's just time filler. You know, um, the 20 minute prom- promos aren't going to work, obviously, all the time. Um, and I just, I, that's why SmackDown's in such a better position, man. That's why they, they just are. It's, it's just, it has to be, they're never going back down to two hours. You know, I just don't see that happening, but stuff like that shouldn't be on this show, you know, even then, right? Like, so let's go with that. Um, what else you have on here? To me, I really did enjoy the back and forth between the New Day and the Hurt Business. It's clear the Hurt Business are taking those tag team titles away from the New Day. Now, I'm curious because they do have a history of switching world titles before uh, Survivor Series the last few years. I don't see them changing any world title this year. I'm assuming they're going to change these tag team titles. So we're going to see the Hurt Business versus uh, uh, the Street Profits. I'm assuming, even though I would love to see the New Day versus... uh, uh, Street Profits, I, I think that'd be a great match. I just don't. I, I assumed the New Day were when they got the belts. I assumed they were transitional champions to get them to somebody else, and this kind of makes sense, you know. Um, I do find it funny. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. Outside of Retribution, have you noticed like the her business has beef with only black people? <laughs> That's it. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, um, the 24-7 stuff was ridiculous. Like, I did like how R-Truth uh, w- was playing this up. He's a great com- He's a great wrestler already. I'm a huge R-Truth fan. Anyone that knows me knows that. Um, I was never a fan of the 24-7 stuff. Um, to me, you can't recapture the magic of that 24-7 hardcore title stuff from uh, the, the, the 2000s with Crash Holly. Uh, R-Truth is good. He's good at what he does. You know what I'm saying? There's been some some decent moments, like when Kane was Mayor Kane, and he won uh, the 24-7 title, and as he grabs the belt, he runs away. I still got it. You know, this was this was fine, too. Like, he lays down for Bobby Lashley, and Bobby's like, get up, get up. <laughs> you know, um, it was a quick match. But, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I never personally enjoyed it. Um, but, anyways, um, you have that stuff that happened. Um, I'm really trying. I'm really, I'm, matter of fact, I'm not going to get through all the stuff that I don't like. Uh, but anyway, Strowman is the fourth man on Team Raw. Defeated Keith Lee and Sheamus in the triple threat match. Um, Ricochet, Ricochet was standing up for Otis. Ah. I think here's a problem, right, that I have with this whole thing. And, it, and Raw's going to be all over the place. You're not going to hear much excitement that I talk about from Raw. Smackdown, you hear some more excitement. However, though, right, I just don't understand when you don't have anything. I get that you... We already had this issue with Ali where they didn't know what to do with him, and so they kept him off TV for a long time. I don't want to see Ricochet off of TV, but I also don't want to see him doing stuff like this. Like, he he beat, oh, uh, not Otis, uh, Tucker in, like, 20 seconds. Tucker has a new look, and this big bad heel thing, I don't know what this came from, or it doesn't make any, once again, this whole thing doesn't make any sense, and sometimes I think they're like, well, we just need to fill time, so we'll do this, but two minutes is not a lot of time on a three-hour show. But, um, I don't know. To me, just raw can be frustrating uh, to get through. That's why I, I don't I don't envy these podcasters who have, like, subscription services 
and they have to watch Raw every three hour, every Monday to get through to. No, there's no no one subscribes to this. I mean, people subscribe and follow, but I mean, like, no one's paying me to do this, you know? So, like, it's like one of those things where, like, when you have those monthly services, like, you have to do this because so many people don't. So, you're going to get the bare, bare minimum of Raw from me. But, um, there was some decent stuff on this show. Like, no, let's, let's continue with the bad. Um, what, well, I found this interesting. I don't know why, but I think I'm trying to be optimistic for Ali's sake. Cause I really, 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 really like Ali. Um, when they came, when they came in, Retribution came in after, uh, the Ricochet and, uh, Tucker match. And they were beating up Ricochet. Ricochet said, why are you doing this? And Ali said something to the effect of, um, no sin can go unpunished or whatever, right? It's not an exact quote. I find it interesting. So now they're targeting, targeting Ricochet uh, after her business ran them off. Um, but I, I want to know what that means. And are they going to like beat him up to the point where they end up recruiting him? Um, I don't know. Um... But I think I find that interesting only, only because I I really want to, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm sniffing the hopium. I am so high off the hopium only because I like Ali so much. I don't want to see him done dirty, uh, even though I just don't think this, this thing has much of hope, much hope. Um, the Hurt Business did pin a new day, uh, the Hurt Business form of, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who I think are going to be your next tag team champions. Um, I do wonder, though, if or when the Hurt Business win the tag team championships, will they then do the free uh, the free bird rule themselves? Um, will, that, that, will then that make... I don't think I'll make Bobby Lashley a champion, because they did a champion, but they did the same thing in NXT. Um, Adam Cole was like a Northwest champion or NXT champ, but when the Red Dragon... Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish won, and Bobby Fish got hurt. They put Roderick Strong in there. You know, it, I don't. I don't know if that counted as a reign for Bobby Fish as well, though. I, I don't think that was ever said anything. I think he was injured, so I don't think it mattered. But um, anyways, um, the stuff I did enjoy. Let's get to the stuff I did enjoy. I just had to say the stuff to get out of the way because that was just all stuff was weird. I did find the Firehouse, uh, Firefly Funhouse, completely creepy, but entertaining. I don't know where this is going. I absolutely, I have. Absolutely no idea where it's going. I'm assuming it's going to Randy Orton the WWE Championship, um, but like the whole stuff with Alexa Bliss and Fiend, I have no clue. I'm super curious to see what's happening, but I don't know. Um, it's clear they're coming for Randy Orton, but I wonder who has a better chance of like. Because are you gonna put yourself if you're WWE right? Are you gonna put yourself in a position again? To where you can't... Because the Fiend should barely lose, right? Bray Wyatt has already lost a, a feud to Randy Orton, essentially. So, are you going to have him lose again? Like, or, I just don't know where it's leading, especially if the rumors are true. Now... All this can change if Edge can't make it back to, to WrestleMania on time because I think he even came out a few weeks ago and said his, his uh, recovery was coming along slowly. So if he can't come back, that may be the plan. Um, and you don't need The Fiend to win the Royal Rumble. You really don't. The Fiend 
doesn't need to be in in the Royal Rumble, in my opinion. You can you can put the Fiend in in, in uh, the Elimination Chamber or something, and he can win that way. Um, someone like a Big E would need the Royal Rumble. He would need that moment to boom. And it's reported that the WWE, no matter what. They don't care how many fans. They at least want to have fans come back for the Royal Rumble. Not before then, but at least for the Royal Rumble. And to me, I, I, for the, I, it's very few times I listen to commentary now, and I, I finally understand what people are saying. The piped-in noise is so, so phony and ridiculous. Um, it made me turn the mute button back on with authority. Um, but anyways... I don't know where this is going with Alexa Bliss. I don't know if anyone can turn her back to herself or if she even wants to go back to the old Alexa Bliss. But I'm interested. Um, this was pretty freaky stuff. Uh, I suggest you watch it. I can't really even do it justice. I'm sure. I think WWE has a clip of it on YouTube. It's three minutes. It's fine. You know, I, I think it's fine. Uh, Drew McIntyre, he, he stopped the Miz from cashing in. And after that, you know, uh, they had to have a handicap match. And, you know, it was, was Miz and Morrison versus Drew McIntyre. Drew beat him. Um, to me, I love this Drew McIntyre actually more than the champion Drew McIntyre. Um, only because, to me, he was so strong. And oh, I, I still like Drew McIntyre when he was champion, don't get me wrong. But, like, now that he's lost it, you see that fight. And I think the reason why I like it so much is because we see so seldomly and this is not the talent's fault, in my opinion. They're obviously doing what they're told to do. Um, but we so suddenly see somebody lose that championship, and they care. You have Kevin Owens, when he lost his Universal title, he said, well, I can get my rematch anytime I can. I don't think he's ever gotten that rematch. After what happened on SmackDown, I guess he is, right? Um, Kofi Kingston. Like, they just don't mention it ever again. And so I'm just kind of like, I, I never know what to fully say about, you know, um, I never know what to say about it just because it's kind of, for me, it's just kind of weird. You know, it's kind of just like, uh, you know, like I, I would think you're the highest of the high. Everyone always talk about how much money you make as the world champion, blah, 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 blah. And then you don't care about that. You know, that's why to me. And I finally got a chance to hit this is a complete sidebar. But I finally got a chance to I've never heard the John Moxley interview with Chris Jericho. Now part of that is because Jericho likes Jericho and Austin like switch networks or something. Well not networks, but like uh podcasting platforms. Um because when I used to listen to uh them, they were on podcast one. And I remember once I started hitting the road more their stuff would drop on YouTube, so I would listen to their stuff on YouTube. But then, I guess, copyright infringement happened or whatever, so that stuff was pulled off YouTube. Then when, I went to, then when I went to Podcast One, they had no new shows. Now, I didn't actually know Steve Austin took a hiatus from his podcast until, shoot, it had to be like six months into the hiatus or however long it was. Uh, it, was at three, it, was, it was at least three to four months, and so another podcaster told me, hey, yeah, Austin was on, on break. I was like, okay, cool, no, no, no worries, you know. Um, I'll, I'll find some other stuff, but I already caught up with him. It was more Jericho's podcast. Who I cherry pick more Jericho's podcast because he has more of a eclectic uh, guest list that I personally 
don't necessarily enjoy all the time because he's a, he's a rock star. So like he has people he who he really wants on. And Austin does too. But Austin's more of a uh, he's a rock and roll head, but he's also more of a sports guy in my opinion. So anyways, um, so it's one of those situations where I finally got a chance to listen to it because on Spotify they have all the old Jericho and Austin podcasts. So I said, oh, let me look and see. So I finally, so I finally listened to it, right? And to me, when I when I heard CM Punk's uh, interview with Coca Ben, to me, I can see where the frustration came from, right? When you're watching stuff like this, and you're trying to make sense of it all. At the same time, for me, just me personally, even though the same person is booking, to me. He has clearly more love for Raw than he does SmackDown. Because SmackDown, it was, it's was it been predominantly bad this year. Let's be honest. However, SmackDown was always the wrestling show. It was always the better storytelling show. I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. From 2002 to about 2007 or 8, I would say before the Benoit tragedy, um, it, SmackDown was always the better show. Wrestling-wise... You could say, hey, if we're talking about work rate or whatever, blah, 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 you could say there was some good matches on both shows, right? Which is fine. But as far as storytelling, SmackDown was always better. I guess the point of me saying all this is, when I watched Raw this past week, I could see why certain people would be frustrated, right? Because you kind of see like a holding pattern. And I don't, I know Ricochet came out a few weeks ago and he was really mad when people kept saying, hey, he's leaving and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you don't want to make your bosses mad. They're already, like, not using you to your fullest capabilities. So I can see you kind of being like, all right, I just don't want to get downgraded anymore. Um, But he's in that holding pattern. To me, Miz and um, Morrison in that holding pattern. Drew, I hope he doesn't start wrestling these guys every week like the Hurt Business did Apollo Crews and Ricochet every week. You know, um... I hope that, you know, because like I said, I, to me, this should be over. He shouldn't be beating up Miz anymore. Now, is he going to come out every time Miz tries to cash in? What, what, what does it matter? Oh, well, take that back. I can see why he would want to take out Miz because he wants to take the championship from Orton himself. However, I just don't think, unfortunately, I don't have faith in Vince McMahon's booking that he can stay consistent with. Drew's gonna come out every time Miz has a chance. You you know what I'm saying? I just don't. I, but I also don't want to see them wrestle handicap match at a handicap match. You know what it reminds me of? I, I said this to myself a few weeks ago, but I didn't. Put, I didn't say it on the show. It reminds me of, I, or I think I did say it on the show actually. You guys let me know. A lot of times I get like emails with quotes that I say, and I'm like I I didn't remember saying it. But anyways, it reminds me of those old 2K games. I, I know I said this now. I remember where like you're in this holding pattern. And you're wrestling the same people week after week in universe mode. That's what it, I couldn't think of what the name of the, the mode was. It was universe mode. And you're wrestling the same people every week, every week, every week. And finally, you get to that big feud. It's supposed to be the big blow-off. You beat them, or they beat you, and you're wrestling them again the next night. It's like, what? And the only way you can get out of the feud sometimes is by then actively going in and dismantling it. To me, I don't want this to say it happened to Drew McIntyre, because I think I, I really like his story arc. I like his anger. I like his... Uh, his obsession now. Same way Randy Orton was obsessed with getting that championship off of Drew. He was now he is now obsessed with getting that 
championship away from him. So that's why I'm looking really forward to this, and I don't want it to be just one big holding pattern. So, but that once again, that's just me. You know, I know sometimes other people enjoy some stuff, but to me, overall, Raw was a very forgettable show. I was all over the place in that. Um, but I'm going to split this up. So I'm, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try to break it down. So that way you have like this raw part and you get this SmackDown part. And that way it's not so bunched in together, if that makes any sense. Let's get to SmackDown. I'm more enthused with SmackDown. Um, not even necessarily the wrestling, because to me the wrestling on the show is very subpar. Uh, to me, I still don't know where they're going with this whole Rey Mysterio Mysterio family thing. I'm assuming they get a ton of ratings from it, so it just makes sense for them to continue to do it. And Fox wants their ratings, so I get that. Um, Baron Corbin ends up uh, advancing to the men's Survivor Series match. So, so, so far, here's a men's Survivor Series match going on for Raw. You have Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, Sheamus. So far, SmackDown is Jey Uso, Seth Rollins, and Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins advanced later on in the night after defeating Otis. Um, I just, I couldn't, I'll have to assume we're back to the status quo. I mean, after one year off from Raw destroying SmackDown, NXT won last year. I'm assuming it's back to Raw winning. I just don't think that team looks very strong right now with Jey Uso. Now, what can be very interesting is what ultimatum Roman Reigns will give Jey Uso if he doesn't win. That's the only way I could see this being interesting. Otherwise, I don't... And look here. I just did a top five on the dumbest ones that be eliminated. I'm going... I'm personally... I am personally assuming this is going to be something... I'm assuming Keith Lee and Braun Strowman are going to take each other out. So that's how they're going to get out of that without either one of those men being pinned. I'm assuming that feud is going to continue and they're going to fight their way down the ramp as they're both being counted out or one will never actually get eliminated and they'll just be fighting to the back. Whatever. Uh, I'm assuming that's how SmackDown is going to win, or if they can win. Um, even though technically Jey Uso has been on a roll. He's beat, he beat Kevin Owens on SmackDown. Not clean, but he beat Daniel Bryan clean. He beat uh, AJ Styles clean a few weeks ago. So he's been on somewhat of a winning streak, you know. Um but I, I guess I'm, I guess we're all thinking the same thing about the Mysterio thing is that Aaliyah is just going to turn heel and her, Murphy, and Rollins will be in the group. I'm assuming that. Um, otherwise, I don't know what we're doing here. It seems like this, once again, never-ending feud, never-ending feud, never-ending feud. And so I, it's that holding pattern I was just talking about. So this I didn't really enjoy that much, but I did love the, the, the Roman Reigns stuff. Once again, to me, the best stuff on the show. It was very tame this time. Like, to me... You have Jey Uso just getting it from all sides. And to me, the realism in this storyline, I, 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 maybe because I can relate to it, right? The one thing I can see is when you're down and out, I think everybody can relate to it. So when you're down and out, right, you have everybody cracking jokes. Like Kevin Owens cracks a joke, and it, it's a bad joke he cracked, but I don't think he meant any harm, right? But once again, when you're down and you don't need anyone kicking you. Then you have Kayla Braxton. Kayla, of all people. You know, once again, now you could say she's disappointed in Jay because she knows Jay and all that stuff. But, like, Kayla was, like, letting Jay have it, you know, and during the interview. Just, just throwing all sorts, well, I mean, all sorts of shade. My, I'm going to start calling that bitch some Shady. That's She was just, just throwing it all around, you know. And then Paul Heyman interrupts the interview and says, you need permission to do this, you know. 
And so then he takes on the Roman Reigns office or whatever, or locker room, excuse me. And like there, and he, he has Jay Way outside for him. You know, then Roman Reigns comes out and said, what are you trying to do? you trying to tell your story? Like, what, what's, what's going on? And why, why are you talking to Kevin Owens? And you going to let him disrespect us, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he's, like, giving it to him. He's giving it to him in a calm way. Like, and the way he was wording it. If you listen to the way Roman Reigns worded everything, Roman Reigns was like, he's disrespecting you first, then me. He didn't put himself first. He, it would be, It's like the normal heel thing of doing air quotes, you guys can't see me, would be to be like, hey, he's disrespecting me because I'm the head of the table. He's like, nah, man, he's disrespecting you. And I don't like that he's disrespecting you because that hurts me. Then he's disrespecting me and our bloodline. Just the way he's wording it is so smooth. You could be manipulated into stuff like this because, you know, you you, you don't want to lose your family. Like, to me, this, this storyline is so relatable on so many levels. And um, and the, the, to me, the best part, though, was for all the jokes they had with Paul Heyman, Caleb Braxton said, looks like. Paul Heyman has a, a better seat in the table of the family than you do, which was just, oh, man. You know, Kevin Owens said, I guess, shouldn't Paul Heyman be getting Roman Reigns coffee? Just, just certain, just like burns, man. And, like, um, it was funny because I loved how Roman did, didn't even look at Paul. He said, did you know about this? Uh, you were around to handle things so I don't have to handle them. Like, to me, and the only thing Paul could say was, I understand. I was like... To me, that's powerful because he's not even looking at him, and he's just like, you know, your play, you know why I brought you back, you know, you you need to handle this. And the thing is also, it's like I said, that Jay Kiss line. My only fear is what I might do to somebody. That's Rain's situation right now. So so once again, the wrestling on the show was subpar. Like Banks and Bailey had an all right match, but to me, you go from a Hell in a Cell match where they have all the toys and all the gimmickry, gimmickry. I just made that word up. And I'm going to say gimmicks, but I said gimmick tree. Uh, but you have all those toys to just a regular match. But, like, I get, the, I, got the, I got the implications of the match is that Bailey can't go past one title reign. We all know that. Um, but I think we already knew she – Bailey just had a record-breaking, you know, uh, title hold with that championship. So we all knew she wasn't getting it back. So I think that's kind of what, you know, kind of eh, – for me – uh, the match was subpar, um, but I don't think these two can have a bad match. Just a, just a subpar match or whatever. Um, but after after the match, Carmella attacks uh, Sasha, so it looks like she's her first contender. Um, but I think we already know where this is going. No one's taking that championship from Sasha until WrestleMania when Bianca Belair does. I think we all know that you know Carmella's just a a, a filter, uh, a, a holder, a placeholder. Um, a, you know, whatever. You know, um, Ruby Riot did advance to the Women's Survivor Series match. Um, I would, I'm thinking personally, there's no way they're gonna have Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler lose. I just don't think they're gonna lose. So, I, so honestly, I have really no interest in the the Women's Survivor Series matches because I don't think Nia and Shayna are losing. I think they're gonna keep those tag team titles, and then once they lose them, they might feud for a month. And I'm, did I'm personally assuming at WrestleMania, Shayna's taking that championship from Oscar. I just don't see anyone beating Oscar until Shayna does, because um, Shayna's gonna be a year year behind, uh, but she's gonna go to WrestleMania and win that championship. That's just my opinion, you know. Uh, but I did. I still think the most compelling stuff is the Roman Reigns stuff because it, I think the story is just is so relatable and it speaks for itself to the family and just your place in the family and how some people aren't satisfied with it, so they go. 
they go find their own family. They go, they go make up their own new family. You know, so that's just my opinion on that, though. But I, I, like I said, Raw is going to get slogged to get through. I'm not going to watch a whole nother three hours of Raw again. I, I, I the, the formula I had before, where I cherry picked what I what I watched, it was just fine. I, I just somehow just, I found myself, and I think because I was trying to get out of the headspace of the election and all this other stuff, which is why I listened to um, you know, or not listen to it, why I watched. I was about to choke there. Sorry, guys. Um, but which is why I watched all three three hours of Raw. Just give my mind on something different. Um, but yeah, I, that won't happen again, though. <laughs> but um, anyways, let's get to some NXT, and we're then we're gonna call the show this week. Um, NXT was very entertaining. I thought it was more entertaining than AEW. Uh, I was, but but obviously the the promos of the week, nothing that they had on NXT promo wise could touch that Eddie Kingston. John Moxley stuff, but we already talked about that. Um, I did enjoy the show though. Uh, Io Shirai called out Ripley, and Ripley accepted. And Ripley pretty much just said, "Hey, you know you you never beat me. You know you never beat me one on one for the championship. You know technically Io Shirai won a triple threat match. She did pin Rhea Ripley because they did protect Charlotte, but they never had that one on one match. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. I think personally." If e, since EO didn't lose that belt at Halloween Havoc, I don't think she's losing to Rhea. I'm assuming Rhea's going to eventually go up to the main roster. Uh, they need the women up there. Um, but I, I think EO's going to win that. Uh, Kushida beat Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes has some PTSD from the Halloween Havoc match he had. Uh, this was very interesting. Uh, Dakota Kai defeat Ember Moon. It was a nice finish to the match. I don't think this is over. Um, it was a, it wasn't clean. She, she was distracted, but from, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, but, uh, it was, just, it was close to clean now, you know, but she was distracted, whatever. I, this is not over yet. This feud is, is going to be fun. Um, it's going to go over. Uh, McAfee's group attacks, uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, and then they retire the end of spirit era as they burn, uh, their, their, uh, UE shirts or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming like everyone else is heading to War Games. The War Games has not been announced. Uh, we didn't see any members of the UE on um, this show, but there was a great bit of continuity how when Roderick Strong turned heel and went to the UE, he turned on Pete Dunne. I completely forgot about that. And so it just made sense for him to turn on them. Amazing. Uh, you know, what's but Triple H is... I mean, you can say what you want to about his personal uh, stuff when he when he does WrestleMania matches and if he should lose or win, blah blah blah. But his NXT stuff, like he he tries to keep as much continuity as possible. But I did forget about that. But that's a good freaking point. Um, I'm assuming this has to be hitting the War Games though, or some type of gimmick match where it's four and four. Pac McAfee's gonna wrestle. UE's gonna win. I would assume UE's gonna win because I don't think UE's ha- ever won a war game. They've been in all the war games since they were uh, brought back, but I think they've lost every single one of them. If I'm not mistaken, they've lost every single one of them um, in grand fashion as well. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, called out Tony Storm, and then she promptly loses to her. But of course, it was distraction. Um, because Candice LeRae said uh, we're even because you cost me the women's title, so she ran over her tank. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart was distraught over this, and uh, uh, I, I forgot them. I, and I, something told me to write this down. I, I, I remember watching Shotzi on the indie scene. That tank means something to her. It's 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 actually a legit 
it means something legit to her. I can't remember what exactly it was, though. Um, but I can't remember what it was. Dang. Um, if I remember, I'll say it next week. But I remember it actually has some real... real it's, not just a, it's not just a gimmick. It's like legit meaning to it. So obviously it wasn't the one she, she always has. I'm assuming they bought another one and they gimmicked it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, uh, Zia Lee uh challenges like she got she got another mysterious note and i'm assuming she owes somebody some freaking money or something or someone in her family's kidnapped because she immediately tells william regal i need to call out raquel gonzalez and he's like you sure you want to do that she's like yeah uh she's gonna get slaughtered <laughs> she's gonna get absolutely slaughtered next week um so i don't know what this is i'm assuming it has something to do with her family and and and, and someone's blackmailing somebody in her family i'm assuming it's something deep like that um Anyways, uh, Johnny Gargano had a, by the way, there was that person in that scream outfit. She was in the car with Candice Array when, uh, she ran her, with the Shotzi Blackheart's, uh, tank over. And then there's a skit with Johnny Gargano where he has the person in the screen. I, I, I was watching a bunch of shows this week. Every, everyone kept saying, we, uh, we don't know who it is. Indy Hartwell. I mean, it doesn't have to be her under it right now. I mean, somebody else might be playing that role. Like she might just be off TV, like. No, no, whatever, a catering or whatever. But like, I'm assuming when the big reveal happens is Indy Hartwell because she's the only one that's been helping him out, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't get where the confusion is. Um, maybe I was looking all, all over. I thought Meltzer or Keller reported something. Um, I didn't see anything, but I don't know why people don't think. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm confused. Maybe I'm too invested in this storyline. I'm enjoying Johnny Gargano and, and Candice LeRae too much. I don't know. But um, I just don't think it will be anyone else that helps them because she's proven that she's bought them a big flat screen TV and she's helped Johnny Gargano or the person in scary uh, mask uniform. I, I don't know. But, like, I just would think they they were con- they had enough continuity skills. The thing about something that happened two years ago was Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. They can't think of something they did three weeks ago? I was gonna, I'm trying to figure out where that rumor came from, where it was Austin Theory, you know, um, no, it's Indy Hartwell, there's no way it's not Indy Hartwell, whenever they do the big reveal, and I'm assuming it's gonna be in some type of big pay-per-view, I'm assuming Shotzi's gonna do it, he's gonna unveil whoever this is under this mask, and uh, a scary movie mask, and I'm assuming it'll be her, um, anyways, Johnny Gargano says he's gonna get past the, the stigma, that he can't get, that he can't get past his first challenger, and he's gonna have a championship max next week, that's that has a worthy opponent. Uh, to me, this this reeks DX from '97 when Triple H, uh, when Shawn Michaels are pitted against one another for the European Championship, and Shawn Michaels just lay down. I'm assuming whoever they have is just gonna lay down, um, and that's how he's gonna get past his first challenger. I can see him holding that belt for a little while, um, even if it's like the next takeover, which I'm assuming, not this next one, which will be War Games, which hasn't been announced. Um, but not this one, but the next one, like January, I can see him do, keeping it till then, or maybe even until WrestleMania weekend, you know, there's going to be fans back by then, a ton of fans. And I know things have gotten worse with the, the C C word, but, uh, I'm believing it's going to be better by then. So, and they're going to have fans back. Let's just be honest. They're going to have fans. Um, and people are going to go to the show, you know, even with things being worse than they were, they, than they've ever been, people were at the AEW show. So that's an outdoor venue. I know, but whatever. Anyways. Um, Timothy Thatcher, uh, got beaten down by Austin Gray, who was his last, uh, opponent on 
Thatch's Thatch Can segment. Um, he got beat down by him, so that's obviously leading to a feud between those two. And finally, uh, Tommaso Ciampa defeated Delvin T. Dream. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Um, this was pretty decisive. And I don't know what you do with Dream. Dream is his stock. Boy, oh boy, has it fallen. Um, I was really looking for, I thought he was going to beat Adam Cole for that NXT championship. And to be honest with you, if he didn't have the controversy that's surrounding about him, um, I would have put the belt on him instead of Keith Lee and had Keith Lee beat him. Um, even though we know what happened with Keith Lee's run. Um, I don't know. Um, it's, his stock, his stock has fallen and a lot of that, in my opinion, has been him. It, it has been. I, I, I can't fault anyone for saying that. Um, you know, um, but I don't know where Tommaso Ciampa goes. I will say he's, these two, Ciampa and Dream, they feel like they're in a holding pattern. And I know Ciampa does not want to go to the main roster. Don't blame him. Um, but I don't know what you do with these guys next. I really don't. They, they've literally done everything. Well, Dream hasn't won the tag titles or the uh, the world title. But, I mean, like, Ciampa's done everything. Ciampa's a triple crown winner. No, he doesn't want a North American title. But keep him away from Gargano. Those two need to stay away from each other. Um, so I don't know what you do with these two, but yeah, it's clear. Um, yeah, it's clear. They, uh, they don't know that they're in a holding pattern, but otherwise this show was a strong show. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to next week. Um, anyways, so I think, yeah, so pretty much, I, I don't know how the, the format of this show is going to go. I think this will be the last part of the show that I do. So, uh, I'm going to say, this week, we will do Avengers... Wednesday. Wednesday's show will be uh, the review of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And um, that'll be it for the show this week, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, see y'all next week, man. We're out here. <laughs>